The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. Are you sitting down? I'm not asking because I've got bad news to share, but that the position that you're in right now, as in you're sitting down, could seriously be hampering your health. The time that we spend sitting at a desk or a train or even a plane, well, anywhere else you sit is actually or can be detrimental to your health. With sitting being called a health risk that is the same as smoking, bringing attention and awareness to why that is, well, that needs to be talked about. Now, we can't stand everywhere. And when my legs get tired from standing at my stand-up desk partway through the workday, I sit down. Like not sitting is impossible, but the issue and the length of time that we sit is. We sit for hours, then transfer to another chair or into your car, and then you go back to your desk. And with sitting linked to obesity, increased blood pressure, cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, type two diabetes, hypoglycemia, and even cancer, we absolutely need to add this situation to our awareness. Now, I came across 13 studies of sitting and activity levels that found that those who sat more than eight hours a day with no physical activity had a risk of dying similar to the risks of obesity and smoking. Increased death and sitting are now in the same sentence. And I don't know about you, but that's a wake up call for me. And I think it's something that we need to talk about. sitting actually equals death, but that sedentary lifestyle that goes along with it, you know, the sitting, the inactivity, that is really what we're talking about. Think about your sore neck or your stiff back or your shoulders or your hips or your knees or even your ankles. Well, those muscles that aren't getting used for a long period of time while you're sitting, well, they're actually losing strength. What about your glutes, your butt, you know, your bum that you're sitting on right now as you're listening to this? They have a level of strength to help your legs to move for your alignment, for your posture to be upright enough that you aren't in pain from weak back muscles. We know that everything in the body is connected, right? What's the song, Chris? The elbow or the joint or the something's connected, the knee bow's connected to the hip bone and all that (laughs) song that we went through. Bones connected to the leg bone, the leg bone's connected to the knee bone. You know, it's a cute, it's a cute thing, but it's the truth. It's real. Everything is connected. And because of that sitting or worse, even sitting in the wrong chair without the right kind of support can even lead to headaches. Well, that can lead to taking more pain medication that then make your detox pathways work even harder. And then that, you know, there's a knock on effect from all of those things. 
when everyone started working from home, the dining room table and chairs, or, you know, that was your new desk, or maybe it was the kitchen table, or maybe it was even the couch that then became your home office that led to a lot of physical discomfort for so many. So in a nutshell, sitting for the amount of time that happens these days, well, it's just not good. And it touches on many aspects of our health that you or I may not even know of. So today on Eat This with Leanne, the impact of sitting on your health, and we're going to speak to a real smarty pants about biomechanics, ergonomics, and human movement. And this dude, he knows a lot more about this than maybe you, but certainly I do. And what can we do to negate the negative effects? Because, you know, we're not going to stand for the rest of our lives. Now, we weren't meant to sit in front of a desk or anywhere, really, for long periods of time. We certainly weren't meant to sit sit scrolling on the phone, on the couch, on transit, or even while sitting on the toilet. Yes, yes, I know everybody takes their phone into the bathroom, and it's just become a new phenomenon. It can't just be my my teenagers that go into the bathroom, and I think sometimes they've flushed themselves down the toilet because they're in there for hours, probably binge-watching something else, spending this long time in the bathroom bathroom. Really, it should just all be about getting rid of last night's fibrous meal and just letting it exit your bowels, not while you're sitting there scrunched up on your phone, watching the latest episode of whatever you're binge worthy at the moment is, or maybe what Sally posted to Insta. All that sitting, all that activity, it really doesn't help anything. But to highlight a few particular issues, it can really affect negatively your digestion, your circulation, your detoxification, and your immunity, and even your hormone health. Hmm, does that sound a little far-fetched just from sitting too much? Maybe. But if we take a step back and think it through, without movement, your lymph doesn't get pushed around your body and carry the waste that it needs to get to your lymph nodes, which is your filter, clogging up all of those drainage channels. Your lymph actually has no pump to it like your heart does, so it needs movement to move your lymph. It's part of your immune system all around your body. Your intestines, well, now they're compressed as you're hunched over while sitting as opposed to standing up, moving, or walking, where your intestines and your abdomen, well, it gets a bit of a massage. You've got to engage your core at that point and keep those muscles really from, you know, just working within the abdomen. Movement in general can lead to more frequent and efficient bowel movements. So just to take out those old broken hormones because they end up in your stool, But if you're constipated, maybe from sitting, I'm not actually sure if that's a thing, but we're definitely going to ask our guests today. Just know that the more efficient your gut is, and I've talked about this so many times on this podcast, the healthier that you are. Now, sitting for hours, that just makes everything that much harder. Your heart, well, that has to pump blood without any extra help with movement, not going against gravity around, and also really tone your heart muscle. There's even literature that links mental health issues of depression and anxiety to inactivity. So while I'm saying that this is really to do with sitting, the overarching issue that we have going on is the inactivity. And just for anybody that didn't happen to know, at the time of recording, it's actually Mental Health Month. And I'm not really sure if anybody out there is saying, you know, this sitting epidemic that we're in, and I'm using that that term very loosely, it's a situation that can be helped by discussing what the connections are to even situations like mental health.
Now, clearly there are far-reaching effects of sitting, and today we're going to learn from a very clever entrepreneur with a strong science background in kinesiology, which specializes in not only kinesiology, but also Patrick does specialize in biomechanics and sports medicine. Now, his knowledge complements professionals such as physical therapy, chiropractic, and ergonomics. Patrick has a specific expertise in seating and positioning, ergonomics, as I mentioned, biomechanics, physiology, and equipment design that have allowed him to be an expert on the challenges associated with traditional equipment design and workplace ergonomics. Folks, we're in really good hands today. So welcome the founder and CEO of the innovative active sitting chair called the core chair, Patrick Harrison. Do you prefer to be called Patrick or Pat? I'm, I can be called anything but Johnson. <laughs> All right then. Just because I don't know how to spell Johnson. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's many iterations of that. All right. So from your perspective, can you just, can you elaborate on how this sitting that I've just teed up is kind of, when we talked and I, and I just, it hit me square between the eyeballs of like, whoa, this is, wow. Well, I, I would admit that sometimes media does make things a little bit more dramatic than they need to be. No, but, no, um, come yeah. on, Patrick. We are <laughs> very, right, we are always on, on a very even keel. <laughs> We're just telling no it the news. way it is. That's all we do. <laughs> that is. So I, I think, you know, for the most part, you have to kind of look back into history and, and figure out where sitting even came to be a thing. And, and it goes way back into Egyptian times when it was really a sign of hierarchy and you wanted to have the person prominently displayed amongst all of their uh, people. Yeah. And then it kind of evolved over time. I think it was Charles Darwin who actually added wheels to a regular chair so that he could swivel around and look at all of his little samples everywhere. Um, and then with the industrial revolution, people then started sitting around a lot more. Um, and it was considered to make them more productive. Uh, not that you're not, Chris. <laughs> you're standing and, and that's working. <laughs> so for years and years, sitting was the go-to for um, most workspaces. Obviously, the technology, the aesthetics have enhanced considerably but still pretty much in that same position, which is close to or about a 90-90 hip flexion, 90 degree uh, knee bend, and a relatively upright body. So the ergonomists uh, who kind of took over this classification of sitting, um, as well as other workspace orientation, kind of looked at it like 90-90 sitting position, but then found that you couldn't have a back straight upright because then people would just fall forward because your back isn't shaped like that. So now the trend is to have the back slightly reclined. So I tell you all that because the real issue with sitting uh, is kind of twofold. One is that we've got this thing called gravity uh, that is constantly pushing down on us and actually has a lot of benefits, obviously. To keep your feet on the ground. Yeah, on the ground I'd say yeah. that's good. Yeah. One, disadvantage, one disadvantage is that I should have been 6'4", and I'm not. I'm 5'7". So that's, uh, that's one disadvantage to gravity. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But the, the real disadvantage with gravity when you're sitting, or even when you're standing, is that if you are assuming a posture that is not optimal, 
then gravity is just going to make that worse and worse and take it from six, four down to five, seven. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, it's important to keep that in mind that whatever we're doing, uh, whether it's sitting or standing or any other activities is we have to keep in mind what gravity is doing, how it's going to impact things. The real issue was the world of ergonomics, trying to find that optimal position so that people wouldn't, uh, encounter back issues, neck issues. Um, so they ended up putting us into a position that was slightly reclined, uh, still kind of your hips set just a little bit more than 90 degrees, um, but you're sitting reclined and you're supported. When you're totally supported like that, then you're not using your muscles. And when you're not using your muscles, then you kind of reduced your circulation. You've uh, mm-hmm. you know impacted a lot of kind of general physiological functions that are beneficial for your general health. You're not getting any blood and oxygen to your brain because you're not getting any movement to do that. Uh, One of the key things is your lymphatic system that is uh, really in charge of cleaning your blood. Um, But your blood uses the heart to pump the blood throughout your body. But it has to fight gravity to get the blood from your lower extremity. So your lymph system requires muscle activity. Without muscle activity, then the lymph isn't going anywhere. Your blood's not getting clean. You're not getting circulation. So what they were finding was that there was a significant increase in things like uh, cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes, obesity, obviously, all as a result of, of sedentariness and not moving. So that's really been rephrased as sitting disease or sitting right. sitting smoking. So I mean, it does make a lot of sense. And I love the, the kind of the backstory to how we came to sit. Because as I said off the top, you know, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible not to sit. You have to sit at some point, you know, obviously, as soon as you get in your car, you got to sit or, or you get on a plane, you got to sit for long periods of, of time. And over the past year and a half of actually working in an office, whereas before I just worked from home and always sat at a desk, but could get up and get tea and which I can still do at the office. It's just different. You know, it's, it's different being in an office to only working from from home and going out for a walk if I wanted to or or whatever. My chair at work is terrible. <laughs> and perhaps from doing a lot of radio over the years and, and I, I, during me, media training, I don't, I don't even know how many years ago, I was taught more to sit on the front edge of my chair, um, either at the, at kind of at the front or quite tucked in at the back, like all the way, all the way at the back. I can't do that on my, on my chair at work at all because it's just... It's just such a bad chair. It's awful. And like you said, that posture that I'm in, none of it feels good. So I don't actually really know what to do a lot of the time. Well, <laughs> so, it's actually So I stand. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you say that because they've done studies that show that, that women in particular, yes. not just women, but women in particular, have a tendency to sit on the front edge of their seat. Mm. And, and the phrase that we would call it is perching. You perch on the okay. front edge of your seat. And the interesting thing is that intuitively, it puts you in a good sitting posture. So your knees are lower than your hips. Yes. When your knees are lower than your hips, then biomechanically, your pelvis goes more vertical. When your pelvis goes more vertical, you get more natural extension in your low back in particular. Right. And you end up sitting with your ears over your shoulders. So it's a nice position, mm. but you have to constantly engage your core muscles to right. stabilize that position. And then eventually they fatigue and you collapse 
Yep. And then you're in a worse position than you were to begin with. Yep, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Engage the core. Oh, that feels good. Yeah, nice and tight in the abdomen. Excellent. And oh, yeah, how long have I been doing that for? Yeah. <laughs> Two minutes and okay, yeah, no, I want another email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you just mentioned about research. Is there any other research that's, you know, kind of mind-blowing that's come across your desk with everything that you do that, that you can share with listeners about sitting? Well, you know, just to put things in perspective, the whole sitting versus standing has been up in the air for a number of years. And the jury, I would say, is still out. Uh Um, There's been uh, back in the, I think it was in the 80s, there was a lot of research done on standing in industrial settings. And that's when they concluded that you needed to have anti-fatigue mats. You needed to have perching stools for like machine operators and things like that. Right. Then that all kind of happened and it was all good. And then when we kind of came back to this uh, obvious increase in in health issues with prolonged sitting in an office space with our new technology. We're glued to these machines that we're talking on right now. So we can't leave it. No, no. (laughs) So then they got back to doing the studies on standing versus sitting. And Jack Callahan out of the University of Waterloo has been probably one of the leaders in North America in doing this kind of research. And the big thing really is to determine whether one is better than the other. And the conclusion is that neither is better. Right. Uh, a mix of both is best. And then the question is, how much should I stand versus how much I sit? Mm. That used to be a stand up every uh, for 10 minutes, every hour or, you know, different rules of thumb that were handed out at, at some point in time. Now, I think the general rule of thumb is that sitting's easier on your body than standing is. Because what tends to happen when people stand at a standing desk, Chris, you might not have this problem because you're in the shower, but. (laughs) (laughs) Not the shower. He's in the bathroom. Okay, sorry. (laughs) He has has the throne to his, what, to your left? Yes, the throne (laughs) is to my left. He has the opportunity to sit, but. (laughs) Patrick Patrick hit it right on the nose when he talked about the Egyptians and how they were put up on high, and that's how they sort of looked at sitting. My throne is about 18 inches off the floor. Perfect. Uh, And I put it up there on purpose so that my minions could love me from <laughs> from below your highness <laughs> <laughs> i like patrick are we gonna have patrick on the show every week i like him <laughs> sure we can do that chris yeah <laughs> where is the where is, where, where is the uh the uh, the the um information and and stuff on lying down while working where is that going i mean because obviously the sitting and the standing <laughs> thing is sort of that's you yours know, they can't seem to con- get together and confer about it so let's try lying down never leaving the bed well and that's a good point because there actually has been some product that's been no, designed that way seriously kind of futuristic i i think there's something if i remember correctly called zero gravity oh yeah and okay you're literally lying down in like a lounge type thing with a computer monitor up in front of you <laughs> so it's uh it's a crazy world out there because wow you know instinctively a lot of people want to be what in the position that they would call comfortable. Sure. Yeah. Now, if you're talking on the telephone, I can kind of see lounging a little bit. But right. if you're engaged in a task, you're working on your computer or you're drafting or you're doing something where you need to be engaged, you really need to be put into a position that you're not going to compromise it by this gravity thing right. and, a, and a poor posture. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say with the, the challenge with standing is a lot of times people will be standing and they'll feel like this is this is great. This is me. 
But inevitably, like the slouching position that comes from sitting, they end up leaning on their work surface. Right. Or, you know, they assume some different position that's not an optimal posture for standing. And also, I mean, men or women, they could have heels on of different heights, too. So that completely changes your gait. I always take my heels off. I never leave them on because I find it pushes me too far forward. So I always take the heels off. Yeah, always take the heels off. What pushed you, Patrick, towards this? Was there, did you have an injury in your your past that pushed you towards (laughs) this information? I just said a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's got to be no. a better way. <laughs> That's right. What's wrong with this wheel? I'm, I'm going to invent a chair and make it all better for everybody because I sit a lot. Well, I think probably uh, when I went to university, I studied kinesiology, which is kind of like a, a scientific physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of biomechanics and ergonomics and um, sports medicine in particular. So I had a kind of a a draw towards human physiology and and that type of thing. So when I graduated, um, I started specializing in designing seating solutions for people in wheelchairs. Back in the day, not to throw dates at this, but back in the day, if you said that this is what you do and nobody else was doing it, you got swamped. Right. So uh, I was designing solutions for people that had like severe fixed orthopedic deformities and They've been in a day bed lying down their whole life and they might have been 35 or 40. So the question was to be able to sit them up so that you Mm. could optimize their kind of input uh, for their eyes and ears and their central function and then optimize their activities of daily living by supporting them properly. I kind of got my PhD in seating there. Uh, We went on to develop a lot of standardized products, built the company up uh, internationally and then sold it, which is you know, generally the game plan in life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, but I couldn't retire. And uh, <laughs> so just because I'm type Could A and stuff like that. Couldn't sit down. Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> sit down, put your feet up. No, it had to keep, keep going. Moving. <laughs> so then uh, as it turns out, uh, playing three on three basketball with a bunch of buddies and conversation came up about people that would take an exercise ball to their office. Mm, uh, yeah, that was it, a thing. Yeah, it was a thing and, and kind of looked at it going, why are people doing that? It was because people intuitively knew that they needed to move. Even with the you know highest end ergonomic chairs, it would put them in a perfect position. They knew that they needed to move. Yeah. Um, and then clearly the problem with an exercise ball uh, is that you can do the same thing on your chair. You sit in a nice position, perch position, but you're engaging your core and eventually it exhausts yeah. and you collapse. And then exercise balls get leaks and... Mine did. Did it? <laughs> I slow. I, I did that for a while and on my computer and doing a video thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, well, that's not going to work. And then you got to get find the pump to pump your chair back up right. again. So it's like, oh, well, that was a good idea for a while. Yeah, so that was kind of how this whole thing got started. It was uh, looking at that and then trying to figure out how can we create something that does what the ball does to create the movement thing, but maybe does it more effectively. Right. So when you sit on a ball, the pivot point is kind of at the floor or maybe engineering perspective, it's a little bit lower. So it's kind of a swaying motion. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we thought, okay, well, we need to have something where we pivot right beneath your center of balance so that you really mobilize all those joints. And then I was able to take uh, all of the key steps that I learned from the wheelchair seating design and create a human interface that had adjustability and gave good pressure distribution and good support of the pelvis 
because mm-hmm. the pelvis is like your foundation of your house. You really need to address that right before you can go on to anything else. And then out of that came the core chair that I now, Chris, I've got my core chair. Can you see me moving on the Zoom screen? Oh, you're sitting on the core chair right now? I'm sitting on the core chair and I'm doing a little wiggle dance for my <laughs> lovely loyal listeners that can't actually see. And there's Patrick doing the same thing, funnily We're enough. We're doing the tango. Wait a minute. And, are you, yeah. Are, mine's uh, called the tango. Oh, it has different names. There's different versions of this chair. Right. Okay. Well, I'm yep. also on a tango, so... We're doing the tango together. There we go. There we go. Wait a minute. Yeah. Did you two set that up before we started this program? Did not actually. <laughs> no, but Chris, but Chris, I had to get, you can't see it on the Zoom screen, but I no. had to get my tango chair in the closet. I doubt Patrick was thinking that his his tango chair, his core chair would be, would in, a be in, right, would be in many closets. <laughs> so. in closet. Well, I kind of look at it like it's, it's like uh, Narnia. Yes. Kind of an interesting adventure. Narnia. <laughs> that, is, that it is. Yeah. But Wait I a have, minute. We might have I, to stop the podcast and explain to people what Narnia is. Patrick is oh now. My. Patrick is getting all chic with his geek all of a sudden here. Uh, I think that's awesome. I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> Patrick. Just a lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. Darn right. There you go. That's it. I'm looking at the two of you, but I don't actually see a back to the chair. Is there no back to this chair? No. Oh. And that's that's the really cool thing. The thing that I think I've enjoyed the most is whenever I would sit, I don't sit, like I said, I'm either sort of do the perch thing or I do put my, my bum right towards the back, but the back of the chair is never, I don't really ever use the back of a chair. I don't know why, but I just. Well, I know I why. It's because of your your mental, where, where your mental status is, right? You're always on the edge of, I'm just about Ooh. to do something, go somewhere, talk nice to someone, one. right? And so the minute you move your butt to the back of that chair, there's something sedentary about that, right? Like I'm yeah, here. I'm really, for, I'm gonna, I'm really I'm gonna, quite planted. Yeah, I'm going to stick around for a little while. Most of yeah. us don't work that way. No, because you got to get. You know, you got to get up and you and you got to go. You got stuff to do. But every time I sit on this chair, I put my butt right back. And I know that you can't see this, but on my back, the back of the chair or the lumbar support, Patrick, you can speak to this in a minute. I'll just do that. I'll just do the layman speak. Um, <laughs> it is the support and the lovely, is it memory foam is that that's there is supporting kind of my my lump my lumbar area so my lower back so as i actually sit into the chair i'm fully supported and it stops i don't know about two inches below my bra strap let's say it's a little bit lower than my bra strap but okay chris (laughs) who knows where it's going to be on yours (laughs) i love this chris is taking his heels off i just got to lower this bra strap and we Uh, we reveal all on this show man we do we do i was told to be open and honest (laughs) so okay so there's no back but there is a lumbar support so that's visually speaking because i i've yet to see the chair i'm going to hop on my google machine here in a moment i'm going to take a Look, but explain yeah. to me what sort of how that ergonomics or how that works. Sure. So as I was mentioning before, an ergonomic chair by kind of soft definition in that community is a chair that has a flat seat or a contoured seat with a tall back, usually flat with an added lumbar support right. that you can adjust, armrests, and sometimes even a head support. Right. Uh, yep. To put that in perspective, when I was designing seating for people in wheelchairs, uh, somebody like Rick Hansen, who 
most Canadians in particular right. would be familiar with. Yep. Um, he was a paraplegic, which meant that he had full use of his upper extremities, but not his lower extremities. So he would get in his wheelchair in the morning and stay in his chair all day long. Still does, fortunately. And if you picture in your mind what Rick looks like in his chair, he has a good cushion and he's got some low back support on the back of his pelvis. And that's all he's got all day long because he's moving around. That's his, that's his legs, for lack of a better description. Right. Somebody like Christopher Reeves, who everybody knows as or knew as Superman, mm -hmm. uh, he was a quadriplegic, which meant that he didn't have use of his upper extremities or his lower extremities. So he needed to have a seating system that supported not just his bottom, but also his back and his neck and head, as well as arm supports and side supports. We put somebody that, that doesn't have the neuromuscular function into a support system like that because they need it. Right. And yet we design ergonomic chairs similar to that for people who don't need it, shouldn't mm -hmm. have it, but they do have it. And that's what happens is they start to get all these sedentary side effects. So really, we're talking about getting able-bodied people, for the most part, yeah. into a sitting position that's an engaged sitting position. And we want to make full use of any mobility that we can within the body. Mm -hmm. So we start with a good base of support. And in this chair, the, the seat is sculpted, much as we did with the wheelchair seating. That prevents pressure, peak pressure points, which causes discomfort. And in that population, pressure sores and things like that. Um, but it also stops the sit bones from sliding forward, which is what happens on a flat seat. Then mm -hmm. the low back support that we've got comes in contact with the top of the back of the pelvis. So those two opposing forces hold the pelvis more vertical, which then makes the spine go more naturally extended. So it's like you can sit like you were perching earlier, Leanne, on your other chair. You're perching on the front edge. Yeah. That's the idea of this chair is it allows you to be in that kind of perched position, but yeah. be supported. So even when you get fatigued or whatever, you can still kind of slump into it, but you're still held in a good position. With all of all of the foundation of the house all supported, then we've got like rotation uh, of our upper back and mid back extension flexion. We've got all the movement in our back that we wouldn't normally have if we had a tall back. I think that's why I find this so comfortable, because now that you've just explained that it's a bit more of a perch position that uh, like, yes, I can actually sit all the way back. I don't have to sit on the front and I. I, I wouldn't slide off, but I cer certainly looked pretty funny because the other cool thing is, is that it moves. Chris, you can see me kind of doing a bit of a dance thing here where I'm going back and forth, just like I, if I was on one of those balls. And I love that because you do kind of get a bit stiff and stuck and not that getting up is the right thing to do. But let's say if you're on a long Zoom call or you're on a phone call or something like, and you can't actually physically stand up because you still need to be in front of your screen and can't walk around with your laptop in your hand, then you can just do a little wiggle and get your circulation moving. And, and uh, something I did actually want you to speak to, um, Patrick, is about digestion. Because I think that's something that we're on eat this with Leanne and, you know, I yes. talk about gut, <laughs> gut, gut health all the time. And yeah. yes, there's cardiovascular, there's the, there's the lack of movement, there's all of those kind of things. But one of the things that I, in, in my research doing before, um, before this episode was like, yeah, my digestive system, like, we're just, you're kind of all 
crunched up there and everything that you spoke to as well with the lymph flow and the blood flow and and all of that you know how many people out there are constipated or belly aches or bloated or whatever well you're also sitting all day so nothing's getting contracted really in your abs unless for those two minutes where you're engaging your core but when you're sitting all day that's not good either you just said everything i was going to say (laughs) (laughs) what the heck do we got patrick on the show for (laughs) man's the best Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. Actually, I, I think you're bang on and, and probably uh, the position that you assumed when you were perching, yeah. as obviously is intended in this chair as well, is it does open up your hip angle. Yeah. And so I usually encourage people to, to open it up as much as possible. So sit higher. Right. Uh, it does affect other things um, that maybe we can touch on as well. But yeah. the key thing is, is that when you open up your hip angles, you start to open up that whole abdominal compression that's happening there. So you're also taking some of the pressure off your lungs and you're obviously not pinching your whole digestive tract. So not to mention the fact that there's a lot of significant uh, blood vessels and, yep. and nerves, obviously moving through that area yes. that are all affected by being pinched into a a seated position. And, you know, other than the obvious, like there are times when you just have to sit, that just has to happen throughout the day. And then there's also times when you can get up and you can go for a little walk and things like that. Other than having the right, you know, the right chair, core chair under your bum, is there a time frame to you must get up or you must sit down or, you know, anything like that? You alluded to that earlier. It's an interesting thing because to do things like that, I remember the first time I went into this significant uh, police headquarters and we had all the managers there and we were talking my spiel, which I'll abbreviate in a minute. But the conversation came up about these reminders that would come on your computer saying, get time to get up and walk around. And the one person, God bless her, she was so honest to say, it took me about 10 minutes to figure out how to turn that off. <laughs> so, 10 minutes of sitting yeah. to turn the reminder to stand up. <laughs> yeah, I so, love it. My watch is always dinging saying time to stand right. up. And But the stupid thing is, is that I'll be at my standing desk all morning and it's still telling me to stand up. It's like, dude, I'm already standing. Can I sit down now? <laughs> <laughs> should, I, should, that, should that move to sit down? There's no gravity monitor clearly on my watch. The difference. Difficulty is, as I said earlier, that the research is still out on on what's the best ratio of sitting versus standing. My mantra tends to be just keep moving as much as you can. We're not meant to be sedentary beings. We're meant to step back in in time a little bit, uh, hunters and gatherers. So we're much more sedentary and much less healthy. I usually encourage people, if you are going to the office, um, then you park at the far end of the parking lot and take advantage of walking mm-hmm. to the office instead of taking the elevator up to the 34th floor. <laughs> Maybe you take it up to the 20th floor and then walk 14 floors or something like that. Yep. Definitely drink a lot of water. Um, mm-hmm. A, you're going to stay hydrated, which is perfect. Yep. But B, it's going to make you go to the bathroom a lot more. So you got to get up and go deal with that. That's excellent. And then I think the big thing is is what we're trying to accomplish with a product like this is just to incorporate uh, these kind of micro movements. So even though you know that you can move around and you can feel it and see it, just your body trying to balance itself 
when you reach for something or just breathing. Yeah. Uh, when the chair is moving, you've got agonist and antagonist muscle groups working, which is affecting the circulation and, and general movement of things within your body. That's hugely beneficial. And some of the feedback that we've received from people is that people feel like they've got more energy in the afternoon. Uh, they might not have that kind of mid-afternoon crash where they're rushing to the coffee right. machine. Very good. Uh, and that was actually backed by a study done by the University of Guelph, Leah Bent. And she actually made her subjects sit for four hours, uh, once on a conventional chair and then once okay. on the core chair. Oh, and they really? measured cognitive function Wow! by looking at the commission of errors over time. Just that subtle little movement, because they were just doing regular yep. computer tasks, reduced the uh, commission of errors quite significantly. Wow. Makes sense when you think about it. If you're moving, you've got better blood yep. flow, better delivery of nutrients and, and glycose yep. to your brain. Probably the biggest thing that we get on our chair, which was never really the intention in the beginning, is it's extremely effective for back pain. Oh, It's really about holding the pelvis in that neutral position and nice. introducing the movement. Well, that's a huge benefit for so many people because sitting or standing can be you know, debilitating and so uncomfortable and realizing the knock on effect of all of these things, like, you know, what's at the root of it is different, but if you can support in some way. So as you just said, if that afternoon slump, like I just want to crawl under my desk is not happening, that also means that so many people are not going for the chocolate or the brownies or the sugary pick me up, like you said, coffee, but I know that there are a lot of people who maybe just go to their desk drawer or if they're working from home, they head to the kitchen. Mm, what sweet treat or your crisp? You stick your head in the in the freezer and grab the ice cream. Do you, do you ever do that in the middle of the afternoon, Chris? <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. I'm a little worried I'll get judged if I answer, depending on which way I answer that question. Um, <laughs> yes, I do go to the freezer oftentimes, but... It's to uh, it, to it, to improve my circulation. It's to improve my cognitive function. It's to 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 sort of grease up the hips a little bit because things get a little stiff when standing in a closet. You know that yeah. that kind of thing. I had heard a rumor, and I've only known you guys for a short period of time, but I had heard a rumor that Chris actually does go to the fridge a lot, <laughs> freezer in particular. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there's something that gets in his way. <laughs> What's that? That tub of ice cream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Mr. Rumor. Listen, I'm not on the internet a lot. Um, but obviously there is some stuff floating out there in the in the cipher that needs to be corrected. <laughs> well, maybe we've just done that. <laughs> <laughs> See, well they want there's not enough room in my studio to have the freezer down here. So it requires me to travel upstairs. Yes. Well, that's yeah. good because you're moving, you're pumping your blood, you're pumping your lymph on the way to the ice cream. I can't so. believe we have guests on the podcast that are now bringing this up. We really <laughs> I'm, I'm a little taken aback that I don't know Patrick like a hole in the head, but the man already realizes that I have an ice cream fetish that well, may be cutting into my work time. I didn't suggest that. Maybe I should just shut up before I get in trouble. <laughs> Listen, I'm, you know, I'm really glad uh -huh. that there are people like Patrick out there because if, for trying to, to make things better for mankind, if we didn't, if we didn't have people like, like you, Patrick, we'd have, we'd have square wheels on cars. We'd have burlap for toilet paper. Like, I mean, thank goodness. 
you decided to, you didn't Burlap. just, you didn't, well, I mean, you, somebody, <laughs> that one come from? Well, I'm just, at some point, probably back in the 1600s, there wasn't this lovely, you know, three ply toilet paper. There was burlap <laughs> and somebody went, you know what? I don't like it and decided to make it better. Well, guess what? Patrick yes. decided one day he looked at the chair, which is functional. And he went, you know what? Right. I don't like it. I'm going to make it better. And he did. Yeah. And thank goodness for yeah. that. A disruptor and a trailblazer. So. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Listen, you might have been the guy that came up with the whole three ply thing, too. But we're talking about the chair today. So, no, I I only came up with the burlap. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take it any further. <laughs> well, you can't hit on all of them, Patrick. I've never heard burlap is toilet paper. I mean, my goodness. Oh, Chris, you're awesome. Oh, Patrick. So is there anything else that you'd like to add before we, uh, before we finish off anything, any other tidbits about the chair? I mean, I can definitely sing its praises because I've, you know, I've been sitting on the chair before Patrick and I decided to, to, to do this interview and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm grateful that you've, you know, Turn burlap into three ply with the chair, Um, because I I will definitely say that I I feel better for it, definitely. Well, I think the only thing that I could add to that, because that was awesome, (laughs) is um, my approach to doing things is sometimes not the norm, and I can still hear the words of Dr. Patrick Bishop, my mentor and dean of kinesiology back in the day who said patrick you're a scientist (laughs) oh really my whole approach to designing this product really took on that uh, a big part of that so uh, we've now uh, worked with the university of waterloo and the mayo clinic and guelph university memorial like a lot of different research centers um, who've taken interest in this to validate whether or not this actually works which is huge that's awesome. uh, there's a study going on in Israel right now, and our distributors in Europe have have also been doing some work with uh, different organizations over there. Uh, you know, I can confidently say that what we set out to do, we achieved in terms of positioning and movement. And the big thing is that it's quality. So nobody likes to buy something that they have to replace in a year. And yeah. it's so difficult for consumers to be able to differentiate between uh, one chair and another chair and understand what the quality differences are. So we've really tried to put it out there as being the best that, that it can be made. I guess that's a plug wasn't intended to be, but <laughs> it's, it's okay. Product. It's okay. You're allowed. It's your product. You Fair invented enough. it. You put a lot of years into putting this together. A we lot, did, yeah. a lot, a lot of thought of research of, and I think, I think after talking to a few inventors on this, podcast, I've really come to understand and know that you ladies and men are your total geeks in your field, which thank goodness that you are because, you know, we're only, we're benefiting from it. Really. We're benefiting from your focus, your, you know, your type A personality, you pushing things through to help to make our lives better. So thank you. Well, I resemble that remark and I thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'll put all the notes about Core Chair. And actually, thank you, Patrick, for offering 15% off for Eat This listeners who would like to purchase a chair for themselves and try it out so that they can kind of dance around. I'm going to have to do a video and put it on, um, put it on social media, a little, a little bit of a tango going on. Um, Perfect. Because uh, because it is fun to just do that do that little movement and feel like you kind of 
you know, I could stay in my chair and put on some tunes and do a good, a good little, a good little boogie. So that, that could definitely happen, but 15% off a purchase of the core chair for yourself or, or anyone pass this one on to your bosses for sure. Uh, when you go to corechair.com forward slash eat this. So I'll put all those in the show notes on leannephillipson.com. So you can just click through and, and check it out. But thanks so much for coming on today. Patrick, really, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun as always. And thanks for making a great chair. Well, that was my pleasure, Leanne. And very nice to meet you, Chris. And we wish you guys a happy day. All right. So that was a lot of information from Patrick. And wasn't he just a great sport, especially with the burlap and where his bra strap is? I love that. That was just awesome. Yes. Any guest that can share our warped sense of humor is a good guest. Absolutely. Exactly. But he also, I mean, that's so fascinating that there are so many studies being done now about his chair. I mean, kudos to him for putting, I think it's eight years into this chair, taking all of his experience. And I, as an entrepreneur, really, really salute that because I know that that, you know, just takes so much of your life. It's just all encompassing. So we are definitely benefiting from what he's done. But I just wanted to quickly highlight some of the things that you can do to prevent this situation of sitting and it just sort of not shortening your life expectancy as it's written about. So generally speaking, try and take a break from sitting every 30 minutes. Patrick said there's no real rhyme or reason. You know, if your smartwatch like mine is telling you to stand up and you can't at that moment, well, that's okay. You know, maybe the next time it comes around, just so that you know. That timer, that was a funny story that he shared about the woman who said it took 10 minutes to turn the damn timer off, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And we just know now that time flies at like warp speed and 30 minutes even though you've put that in your in your timer and something's going off, you know that it can easily become an hour if you're focused on something. How about you try and stand up while you're on the phone, while you're watching TV? Maybe if you're having a meal too, walk around the kitchen island if you're on a conference call or do what I do and take a colleague a cup of tea as I make myself one as his desk is totally on the other side of the office. And, uh, and it just gives me a little bit of a walk, which is great. If you do work at a desk, maybe try a standing desk instead or improvise with a high table or even if you're at home, put your laptop on your kitchen counter and stand for a little while. If you want to be super flash, I know that there are treadmill desks out there where you put your, there's a like a a platform across the top of a treadmill. You can put your laptop on it and, you know, that's movement and productivity at its best, I think. (laughs) Or or insanity. At its worst. Thank you very much. Let's look at this (laughs) from a realistic point of view. Okay, there is. I know. There I know people trying, that have them. Really? I see there is trying Seriously. to be on top of everything and be productive and be uh, 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 healthy, but that's taking it just a bit too far. It's like having a treadmill in your shower. It just seems it just seems like a little <laughs> a little too far, right? Go for a run and shower at the same time so you don't actually get all sweaty. That's actually genius, Chris. No, I think you just came up with a new invention. I love it. Listen, it, it has to be waterproof so you don't fry yourself. If you're if you're <laughs> if you're able to find somebody to put the money towards backing an idea like that, let me know. But otherwise, I'm out. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think this is a bit of a new craze too. going for a walk with your colleagues for me for meetings rather than sitting in a conference room and everybody hunched over taking notes. Obviously, sometimes you do actually need to take notes, but everybody's got a voice recorder in their hand on their phone. So just use that and that'll come in handy. Everybody can chime in at that time. Maybe you can work out before work. Maybe at lunch, you can go and do a workout or after work. Just bookend somehow all that sitting with some movement or take a walk right after work, whether you have a dog or not that you have to take out. Now, check out your posture. Now, we've heard what Patrick has to say, how your posture is as you sit um, in the core chair. But what happens when you're in a normal chair or you're just sitting on slouched on the couch? Could you maybe add another pillow so that you're not, you know, your neck isn't all all um, encompassed by your shoulders being up around your ears or something like that? Or at each commercial, if you have commercials and you're not binge watching something, then, you know, get up and stand around, head around somewhere else, not necessarily to the kitchen for ice cream, Chris. But, you know, there's also if you're streaming, you know that you can go from one episode to the other. Well, you've got to stop in between episodes, especially if they're an hour long. And also keep you Keep your phone out of the bathroom, please. Now, although we haven't talked too much today, well, at all, actually, about food and anything to do with that that you put in your mouth, I hope that the conversation still has been enlightening nonetheless. Now, do you have a topic that you'd like me to do a deep dive into? Obviously, obviously, today's episode about sitting is kind of outside of the food box, but I think that it's really, it's important to talk about those kind of things. Please reach out on either of my websites, leannephillipson.com or sproutright.com. Follow me on social media, send a message through Leanne Phillipson or SproutWrite handles and let me know. You can share this episode with anyone who you know that sits on their bum all day long. Even share it with your boss and let them know that the core chair is maybe an option that really seriously is worth looking into as everyone pretty much sits all day long. Now, again, you can check out corechair.com forward slash eat this for that 15% off discount too. So thank you again to them for that. Now I'm off to have a little wee dance in my tango chair. So I'll leave you by saying thank you for being here, taking responsibility for your own health and showing up every week listening to this because really that's all that we can do in in order to look after ourselves. And as always, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. 